Good evening, and welcome to another spooky episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I bid you welcome as your host, the man, the myth, the legend, the horror, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodoman. So anyway, how about another top 10 list? Well, I've already done done another. I've already done a top 10 list already for the top 10 darkest and scariest movie moments from Marvel. Why not do another top 10 list, but this time the top 10 darkest and scariest movie moments part 3. Yeah, for those who don't know, I have done parts 1 and 2 already of the top 10 darkest and scariest movie moments. So, third time is a charm, I guess. Well, fourth time overall, but third time if you take out the Marvel equation. But uh, any, anyway, any, anyway, I'm going to do another list. So, yeah, that's going to be good and scary too. And if you think I'm missing a few, don't forget to check out my top 10 darkest and scariest movie moments, parts 1 and 2, on the WEIU website under radio and through other WEIU podcasts. And don't forget to check out episode 114, of the top 10 darkest and scariest Marvel movie moments. Or should I say, or should I say, movie moments from Marvel. So anyway, I'm gonna jump into the list. Number 10, the epilogue from Twilight Zone the movie. In, in the final scene of Twilight Zone the movie, John Valentine, played by John Lithgow, is inside an ambulance being taken to the hospital after a mental nightmare at 20,000 feet. He, he has a conversation with a very familiar, um, with a driver, one of the drivers, which has a very familiar face. If, for, if you, for those of you who don't know or has not seen, for those of you who have seen the film probably know who I'm talking about, but for those who don't know, Dan Aykroyd was the, was the ambulance driver and he was in the opening scene of Twilight Zone the movie. Now John tells Dan about his scary experience of seeing the gremlin until until Dan Aykroyd asks the question, "Want to see something really scary?" The scene ends with with the ambulance driving through the night with the theme with the theme song of Twilight Zone of the Twilight Zone theme playing in the background. But before that, we see John's face turning towards the camera wondering what's going to happen next. Now, this is basically a cliffhanger, by the way, which I'm pretty sure that's what many Twilight Zone episodes were, were doing at the time to end the episode, just to give a, just to give the audience an idea of what's going to happen next. But instead, it's a cliffhanger. Plus, we even get a quote from Rod, Ser- from Rod Serling at the, very en- at the very end, closing the film with the creepy cliffhanger. To quote Rod Serling from the from the end of the Twilight Zone film, there is a fifth dimension, beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science, science and superstition, and lies between the pit of man's fear and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone. And then the film ends with the rest of the theme with the rest of the theme cutting to the end credits. 
not only was that ending pretty creepy and dark, but it was meant to uh, set up a sequel, which actually never happened due to the behind-the-scenes trouble that the Twilight Zone film had. But but nevertheless, still a creepy ending, though. Moving forward, number nine, The Hobbits vs. the Ringwraiths, from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. The Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings trilogy has its fair share of creepy moments as well. I mean, that's definitely true, because I mean, there's been a lot of dark, dark moments in that film. Although, although the same can be said with The Hobbit. Although I was very tempted to include Bilbo Baggins and Smog's conversation from the second Hobbit film, because it really got dark pretty, pretty quick, and and creepy as well. It is the it is the ring wraiths going up against the hobbits that took that takes the number nine spot. On top of Weathertop, the hobbits Frodo, Frodo Baggins, Samwise Gamgee, and Merry and Pippin are being ambushed by five ring wraiths, who are hunting down the who are hunting down the person who has the one ring. Now, for those of you who have seen the movie, probably know already know i should say is frodo baggins because frodo baggins is the ring barrier now the scene itself is very eerie dark and spooky with all five ring wraiths coming together with their swords in hand ready ready to slay the hobbits now part of this scene is literally they're literally on top of Weathertop, and then they are literally surrounded by the ring rakes, all five of them, and and also the music as well, like the music by Howard Shore gives in a very eerie and creepy tone, especially for, especially when you have a background choir, and also you might actually hear for the, uh, and also for you uh, movie no well technically movie buffs but also music buffs out there. There is a bit of a quote from Diaz Irae that you probably that you might actually hear in the background if you listen closely. There's like a little bit of a movement quote from Diaz Irae. It's just very it's it's like one of those like and you need to have a have a good ear to listen because like it can go by pretty quick. Like like we even get a moment where Frodo puts on the ring and sees the ring rapes in human in like their like spiritual human forms, but but Frodo gets stabbed and gets stabbed. But Aragorn was able to was able to was able to scare scare off the ring rapes. But boy, was wasn't that scene very creep creepy for the hobbits? Like, dang, that's pretty creepy. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, Frodo. Frodo gets stabbed by a Morgul blade, and he he needs to be healed from that. Yeah, yeah, not a very good night for the hobbits, anyway. Moving forward, number eight, Steppenwolf's demise and Darkseid's armada from Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yep, when you thought, when you thought, yep, just when you thought, I couldn't get past the Zack Snyder's Justice League on this one. I mean, there's a lot of dark moments in that film, but one moment in particular that not only scared a lot of people, was, but also hyped a lot of people, and it is really 
Steppenwolf's demise and and seeing darks and seeing dark side. After the members of the Justice League took out the mother boxes, Steppenwolf, confused and angry, was defeat was literally was defeated by well he was defeated by Superman after getting one of his uh, I believe the part of his head was a part of his head was was literally was blasted off by Superman's laser eyes. I mean, oof, that was a brutal, that was brutal. I mean, as uh, Steppenwolf was was roaring at the Justice League, he gets stabbed, he gets impaled from behind by Aquaman's trident in front of an open portal with Darkseid watching. Superman throws in a Superman punch towards Steppenwolf as he sends Steppenwolf flying through through the portal with Wonder Woman cutting off his head and as Steppenwolf gets inside the portal to Darks to um a to his home world of apocalypse his head comes off after Wonder Woman cuts it after Wonder Woman slices it off and uh, and to finish it off Darkseid steps on Steppenwolf's head hey they don't call Steppenwolf for nothing though so <laughs> Anyway, Darkseid is sta- stands there, seeing the justice, seeing the Justice League as the portal closed. His eyes glow red as he's ready to shoot out a laser beam. Desaad, one of his servants, Desaad, tells him that that Steppenwolf would fi- would fail. Darkseid agrees. Now, and then this next part is basically was really pretty creepy and scary too. Is that Desaad asks Darkseid. That the mother boxes have been destroyed, how will we treat his great prize? Darkseid said, and I quote, Until life is found, sought, and we will stop at nothing to destruct to destruct it. Ready the Amara. We will use the old ways. Yeah, you know you know what's coming. You know what's coming. He's getting his army ready. He's getting his army ready to to get the anti to get to to go to earth to get the anti life. You know what he's doing. Even Desaad's face realizes that no oh, no, this is not good. This is not good. And as Darkseid walks, his parademon army bows before him. Like like knowing like this is his master ready. They're ready for their mission. Unfortunately, only time will tell if we're ever if we're ever gonna get a justice a Justice League sequel. But still, that scene alone still was probably one of the Justice League's darkest and scariest moments to come. Moving forward, number seven, Carrie's Rage from Carrie. The original Carrie, this is the original Carrie, by the way. It's prom night for Carrie, and she was going to be crowned prom queen along with her friend Tommy, who is about to be prom king. Now, the original 1976 Carrie film was directed by Brian De Palma, but it was, but it was also based on, a, based on a Stephen King book, just so everybody knows. However, the moment was ruined for, for Carrie when Chris and Billy hold the rope attached to the bucket that, that is attached to a bucket and was full of pig's blood. Dousing Carrie and then... And then the two, and then and then the two, the two sneak out of school. The empty bucket hits the out, hits an out the outraged Tommy in the head and collapse. The crowd is left shocked and speechless at the prank. 
But Carrie hallucinates that everyone, even even Miss Collins, is mocking her. And suddenly, you can actually hear voices. You can actually hear voices, like from like Carrie's point of view. Carrie's point of view, like like I believe one of them is saying, "Trust me, Carrie. You could trust me." They're all gonna laugh at you and other things like. Literally, Carrie is literally over. Is literally screaming in agony, overreacting, upset, and angry. And on top of that, that was like the final nail in the coffin, or should I say, the last straw? Because in this next part, in a panel, in a crazy panel edit, in a crazy panel edit, through her wide-eye revenge look, she uses her telekinetic telekinetic her telekinetic powers to seal the doors shut so that the so that the students nor staff can can leave the gym like and she controls a fire hose injures several party goers attempting to escape and sprays the overhead lights like like she she literally went from a prong from a prong queen to a literal psychopath after that after that prank Mrs. Collins is crushed by a falling basketball backboard, and Carrie's principal and teacher are electrocuted, setting the gym on fire, turning turning the gym into turning the gym into turning to turning the prom into hell, as, as a sign of revenge that Carrie is going. Like literally, Carrie was gonna be was going to be crowned prom queen, but the prank was literally the la- was literally the last straw. That that literally that 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 literally that literally unleash hell not only on the prom but also but also those who who were messing with Carrie like oh my goodness you even realize how how messed up that is that is a messed up scene and a and a scary one too because later on because because well actually not later on but it's the look on Carrie's face it is the wide eye stern you see from Carrie see it is it is really scary like the facial look test says it all too especially when it was covered covered in pig's blood I mean hell that is actually one of the most scariest scenes that I have ever seen from Carrie moving forward number six Lampwick's transformation into a jackass from Walt Disney's Pinocchio now, animated films has its, has its fair share of dark and scary moments. And, and it's not just from Disney, but also other studios, too. One scene in particular from 1940s Pinocchio is basically the, transfer, the donkey transformation. P- P- Pinocchio witnesses Lampwick's transformation into a jackass. Basically, from, from, from the first time we see this, we see donkey ears growing out of Lampwick's Lampwick's ears. He doesn't even notice it. While he, while he's playing pool, he while he's playing pool, a tail goes out from grow, grows from behind. Pinocchio notices because somehow something's up. So basically, he tosses his cigarette and uh, beer away. No one's like, nope, nope, I ain't dealing with this. And then later on, later on, Lampwick's face transforms from his regular reg, reg, regular face into a donkey face, asking Pinocchio what he looks like. What do you think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> Until then you get the donkey noise. Yeah. 
Exactly, exactly. But Lampwick notices for, for a moment that something's going on. He even begs Pinocchio for, for help. And, and, and the last mo couple of moments is basically his hands turning into hooves, into donkey hooves. Pinocchio sees it all, so scared with the transfer with literally Lampwick going down on all four, losing his speaking voice, and all and all he gets is the hee-haw, voice. Like, literally, that is not, if you think that's probably one of the most scariest moments from Disney, but it's, it's literally one of the most scariest moments from Disney's Pinocchio. That is literally from the original 1940 Pinocchio film. That is literally one of Pin Pinocchio's darkest and scariest moments. Moving on. Number five, Sweeney Todd's final dance with Mrs. Lovett. From Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. In the final scene of Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Sweeney Todd, played by Johnny Depp, goes, da goes down to the cellar to see the, the three dead bodies. One, two of them, ha two, two of them, well, actually, one of them feature, fe one of them features someone that someone that he actually knows because because that because one of the bodies is actually turns out to be his wife his wife like his wife like literally because the thing is there was a scene earlier where where Sweeney's Sweeney Todd's wife what was was a be was a beggar but the fact is if you if you remember the film which is also based on which is also based on a play that uh, based off a play that Stephen Sondheim contributed for the music, where Sweeney Todd was falsely accused, and yet Sweeney Todd's wife was uh, was like literally sexually assaulted. We his, Sweeney Todd's wife comes in as a uh, as a beggar trying to get Sweeney Todd's attention, but the fact is Sweeney doesn't even recognize her. It wasn't until the moment when she he sees her face. Dead, eyes shut, the slit on her throat, and Sweeney realizes his mistake. But the thing is, Mrs. Lovett, played by Helena Bohan Carter, lied to Sweeney Todd because, because Mrs. Lovett told Sweeney Todd that his wife that his wife is dead, which is not true because his wife was alive the whole time. Even in the singing voice, Sweeney Sweeney realizes like what he has done. Mrs. Lovett tries to comfort comfort him, but but in a um, in an old fat in an old fashioned casual way, Sweeney Todd, Sweeney Todd decides to let it go for a moment and dances with Mrs. Lovett for for one last time until he throws her into an infernal oven, burning her alive. Like wow, wow! Because here's the thing, where here's the thing, like. Like Mrs. Lovett lied to Sweeney Todd about his about his about about his wife, and that is not a good sign. Which meant Sweeney Todd's revenge has been that Sweeney Todd's revenge has been double completed because uh, because uh, the judge the judge who um, because the judge was also trying to make out with his wife too, and 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 sexually assaulted Sweeney Todd's wife, which was basically. The main thing was Sweeney Todd was going out for revenge, was going out going out for revenge for being falsely accused, but not knowing that 
his wife was still alive. Although, technically, this is a double revenge because ju- the judge was the one who who did the setup. But it was Mrs. Lovett who was the one who made the finishing blow of lying to Sweeney Todd. Which probably explains why Sweeney Todd threw Mrs. Lovett in, in an oven, burning, burning her alive. Talk about... Re- now, you may have heard the quote, Revenge is a, is a dish best served cold. But in that moment when when Sweeney Todd threw her in that oven, burning alive, this is revenge burnt to a crisp. Moving forward, number four, Edward Scissorhands kills Jim from Edward Scissorhands. Yep, we got another Tim Burton film on the line with Johnny Depp once more. In fact, this is actually one of Johnny Depp's, this is actually Johnny Depp's first Tim Burton film, I believe, playing the title character. Now, this is basically the, in the final scene as well. Now, Jim, played by Anthony Michael Hall, gets into a fight with Edward Scissorhands after a neighborhood incident involving Kevin because Kevin was at more, was was accidentally attacked by Edward Scissorhands. Technically, he was technically Edward was saving Kevin from a car from a car accident that Jim was driving, but knowing that Edward has scissors for hands, he cuts Kevin. But but flash forward to an, to a scene later, Jim is fight is fighting Edward. Edward struggles to fight back, but uh, Kim, played by Winona Ryder, tries to stop the fight. But Jim Jim refuses to stop the fight, especially when Jim brought brought the ceiling down on Edward. So yeah, and then as as uh, Jim try as Jim orders um, J- Edward to back off from Kim. Edward stabs Jim in the chest, setting him falling out of a window to his death. Literally like that. Oh my goodness. It is a quick fight, but at the very end, like Edward Edward Scissorhands was not playing around at that moment. Like like Jim was a bad like Jim was a bad influence, not only towards him, but also towards Kim. Because Jim literally set sets Edward up during a uh, during a robbing incident where Jim traps Edward inside a room which has an alarm system to it earlier in the scene indicating that yeah Edward was set up by Jim and wow yeah and that moment where Edward sends sends uh sends Jim to his death that was a dark that was a dark and scary moment for not only not only for him but also for Edward Scissorhands, because, wow, that was just messed up. Moving forward, number three, Freddy Krueger kills Glenn Lance from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Speaking of having scissors for hands, how about Freddy Krueger, but with one hand? That's right, if you if you think, yep, yep, what, long before Edward Scissorhands, where um, Edward has two, has both hands for scissors, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp plays Glenn Lance, in was arguably one of his one of his first ever movie roles for 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 Hollywood, and and this is like a Nightmare on Elm Street. There is one scene. Now this scene is pretty short, but it is dark and scary too. Glenn Lance is sleeping for the night, but what he doesn't realize is that Freddy Krueger is here. Because once uh once the kids sleep once the kids sleep. You know who's coming in for a nightmare? That is right, Freddy Krueger. 
Freddy Krueger come, comes from under the bed, gr grabs grabs uh, grabs Glenn, and he gets sucked into his own bed. Later on, the bed turns into a blow into a blowhole, spouting blood all over the room, and it's any any it even shocked Glenn's mother seeing all the blood. Even Nancy freaks out about the death of Glenn too, because the, the the scene also cuts back to Nancy as well. Nancy is also the friend to Glenn Glenn as well. So and Nancy has seen Freddy Krueger in her own nightmares as well. This is a scary moment to come out of Freddy to come out of Nightmare on Elm Street and one of the one of the more brutal kills from Freddy Krueger. Moving on. Number two, the crows attack the kids from Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. The master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock, takes the number two list. And, I, and quite honestly, let me be honest with you, Psycho remains as, as one, of the best horror, one of the best horror films out there, particularly in the moments with the shower scene. But, but for his next film, The, the Birds, he, he literally uses birds, like actual birds. Now, in this scene where the crows attack the kids, Mel Melanie escorts the kids out of school because, well, actually, I, I actually don't know the reason why he she escorts the kids out of school. Or I think the obvious reason, reason because the birds are going to be attacking, which I'm pretty sure that's the reason. And the now she and the kids run, and while they're while they're running, the crows are sitting on the jungle gym ready to attack, and they and they do. They they all swarm high in the sky and 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 zooming in and and diving towards the kids. Trying to peck the, trying to peck them out. Hell, these many of them are many of many of the kids were getting getting pecked by the by these crows, and 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 for those of you who may may or may not notice, there there were definitely special effects involved with this scene. Like some some of the crows were actually some of the crows were actually real. Some of them were actually mechanical. Other ones were special effects. That was like a mixed bag right there. And it's scary to know, like, these are little kids getting attacked by birds. Like, these are, they're getting attacked. I mean, hey, hey, this is the master, master of suspense himself, Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, I mean, the special, and in fact, here's the thing about the special effects. Special effects, the special effects artist and a Disney animator, and if I'm saying his name correctly, of iWorks, was nominated for an Oscar. For, for his best special effects. And that cup really shows. I mean, and at the end of the scene, Melanie helps one of the kids to safety from from the from the attack from the attack inside a car. And Melanie was able to scare off scare off the crows by pushing down the car horn. Now I know what you all be thinking. What could be my number my number one uh scariest movie moments for part three? Well, before I get to get into that, let's go into honorable mentions. Opening the arc for Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. The the, the scene which features the opening of the arc actually is not only dark and scary because the um the Ger the Germans including uh Belloc opened the arc, but what he doesn't know is that opening the arc would kill will kill would, would kill kill them. If you if you open the arc and not have your eyes shut, 
actually scarred me when I saw this for the first time. It was a scary moment. But yeah, but yeah, unfortunately, Belloc and his men did not heave the he did not did not heave the warning, and yep, that's what happened. They died by opening the ark. She wouldn't even harm a fly from Psycho. The yep, Alfred Hitchcock is back is back on the, back on for for an audible mention, but it's the ending moments when Norm Norman Bates is uh, is in custody, and there's like an there's like an inner monologue from his mother with a quote state with a quote stating that she she wouldn't even harm a fly. Like that quote alone is pretty creepy, but what really what really buys this scene is the facial the facial grin from from Norman Bates being played by Anthony Perkins. That is literally a creepy ending right there. It also describes Norman Bates's past too. Like his behavior basically his past behavior but what's also scary is that if you pause at the moment when this when the shot transitions to the car being towed out of the swamp you can actually see a glowing teeth from norman bates's mouth if you pause at the moment when the transition starts you can see the glow the glowing teeth that is scary as well Mufasa's death and Scar's betrayal from from the Lion King. Yep, yep, another another Disney film, another Disney film, but this time as an honorable mention. Scar betrays his brother Mufasa as he sent as he sent as he sends Mufasa Mufasa to his death in a wildebeest stampede. And to quote this, "Long live the king." And then Scar's not not only does Scar betray his brother, but he also betrayed his nephew Simba, as he tells Simba to run away and never return, and sends his, his hyenas to to stop Simba. Oof. Yep, that is a dark moment too. All dogs go to hell. From all dogs go to heaven. Don Don Bluth is no straight. The animator Don Bluth is no stranger to dark as the scariest movie mo- movie moments. All dog. The scene for all dogs go to heaven sees Charlie having a nightmare being sent to hell and that is literally and that and and that sequence alone sees him getting attacked by little demon dogs and almost being sunk into lava by by a boat by the boat as he's as he's ascend as he's descending into hell well thankfully is a nightmare but boy that scene alone in a kids movie is sure scary zombie doctor strange controls the demons from doctor strange in the multiverse of madness Okay, particularly that moment is basically an Evil Dead moment, like well, an Evil Dead like movie moment. But still, it is a pretty creepy scene to know that Doctor Strange is now controlling the the de- the demons to turn as as a cloak to turn the demons into his very own cloak, like demon cloak. Not only is that cool, but it's creepy and scary at the same time. Gozer. Reborn from Ghostbusters Afterlife. This this moment actually surprises me because we get to because I didn't even think we would see Gozer return to the Ghostbusters world, even though we even though Gozer was in the first film for a brief moment. But we see more of Go, a little more of Gozer in the in the Ghostbusters Afterlife film, where Gozer crawls out of the pit in a scary like fashion with the organ playing in the background, showing that showing this. 
scary moment. Wow. Okay, and now we go into our number one darkest and scariest movie moment. Are you ready? And the number one darkest and scariest movie moment for part three is Wendy Torrance's Hallway Terror from The Shining. Yep, there's definitely moments from The Shining that never that, that never cease cease to to scare me. Now the moment now this moment really surprised me. Now I, when I saw this when I saw this for the first time on DVD and I was in, and I was sitting in the classroom, it literally literally shocked me. Is when when Wendy was trying to find da- find his son her her son Danny. She goes up she goes back upstairs. But noticing all the crazy terror, terror, and evil stuff that is going on, she see in in complete shock. She sees the elevator full. She sees the elevator open with all the blood coming off, coming out of the elevator. We she even calls up the stairs. Well, actually, no. She goes into one of the lobbies and sees a hotel guest that has blood in the middle of his forehead, having a drink in his drink in his hand, hand asking, "Hey, hey." A cool party, right? She is scared, runs away, runs upstairs, and sees what actually appears to be two two guests. One of them dressed up as a bear, and and the other guy just sitting on the bed, sitting on the bed doing something. I mean, I don't know the point of that moment, but it was in the film. But on top of that, she, she Wendy goes into a conference room and sees dead bodies, actual dead skeleton bodies and she it she freaks out what not only what not what makes this scene ultimately scary is the music the music really sets the tension for for this for this scene the music was per, the music for for the shining was provided was provided by wendy car by wendy carlos or i went by wendy carlos and this is basically electronic music being played in this film. This film came out in 1980, and Wendy Carlos, along with Rachel Elkin, used electronic music for the for this scene. And that really shows the creep, the dark, the creepiness, and scary and scary terror that is being played. And that is why, when when and that is why Wendy. T- Torrance's Hallway Terror from The Shining is my number one for the top 10 darkest and scariest movie moments, part three. So, anyway, there you have it. What do you all think? Am I missing out on a few moments? Do you like this list? Do you have, do you have it, different thoughts and opinions on this list? Please let me know. Please let me know in the comments and please keep the comments positive. So, anyway, anyway, I'm going to catch some shut eye right now because. Wow, wow. There's there was a lot to talk about, so that deserves a little re- little, little good night rest for me. So, any anyway, anyway, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies, stay positive, and good night. Until next week. And now, I'm gonna get some shut eye. <laughs> Getting some shot eye, are, are you, Kodo Man? <laughs> well, well, 
Well, are you ready for Kodo Kruger? <laughs> Be because Kodo Kruger is coming for you. <laughs>